0: Chapter 28 of the Snowburner by Henry Oyen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter 28. The Snowburner hunts. The snarling of dogs being put into harness awoke him in the morning, but he lay pretending to sleep until Tilly, having overseen the hitching up, came in prepared food over the fire, which had not gone out all night, and came timidly and laid a hand on his shoulder. It was pitch dark when they went from the tepee. The dogs whined at the prospect of a dark trail, and the hunter who held them plied his whip savagely. With the rifles carefully stowed in their buckskin cases on the sledge, and a big camp axe as their whole burden, Reivers IMMEDIATELY TOOK COMMAND OF THE DOGS AND HEADED DOWN THE RIVER. "'Oh, Snow Burner!' chattered the frozen hunter in disappointment. "'There are no caribou to the south. It is a waste of strength to hunt there.' "'There are no caribou anywhere for you,' retorted Reivers. "'For me, it does not make any difference where I hunt. The spirits are with me.' Stay close to the tepees today. If anyone follows my trail, the spirits will refuse their help. Ayah mush. Under the sting of his skillfully wielded whip, the big team whirled down the river. Reivers riding in front, Tilly behind. But they did not go south for long. A few miles below the camp reivers abruptly swung the dogs off the river-bed and bore westward half a mile of this and he shifted and changed his course to right angles straight toward the north and now mush damn you mush for all that's in you he cried plying the whip you've got many miles to cover before daylight mush mush He held straight northward until he left the bush and reached the open tundra at the spot where the caribou, the day before, had swung away farther north. He knew that the herd, being in a country undisturbed by man, would not travel far from the willows where he had jumped them the day before, and he held cautiously on their trail until the first gray of daylight showed a rise in the land ahead here he halted the dogs and crept forward on foot it was as he expected the caribou had halted on the other side of the height of land feeling secure in that region where no man ever came below him he could see them moving and he realized that he must act at once before they began their travels of the day tilly he whispered coming back to the sledge As soon as you can see the snow on the knoll ahead, do you drive the dogs around there to the right and swing to the left along the other side of the knoll? Drive fast and shout loud. Shout as if the wolves had you. There are caribou over the knoll. When the dogs see them, let them go straight for the herd. But wait till the snow shows white in the daylight. Snatching both rifles from their covers, he ran around the left shoulder of the knoll and ambushed in a trifling hollow. He waited patiently, one rifle cocked and in his hand, the other lying ready at his side. The light grew broader, the herd, just out of safe rifle shot, began milling restlessly. Suddenly, from around the right of the knoll, came the sharp yelp of a dog as Tilly's leader, rounding the ridge, caught scent and sight of living meat ahead. The caribou stopped dead. Then Bedlam broke loose as the dogs saw what was before them, and the caribou, trembling at the wolf yells of the dogs, broke into their swift lumbering run and came streaking straight past reavers at fifty yards' distance. Reivers WAITED UNTIL THE MADDENED BEASTS WERE RUNNING FOUR DEEP BEFORE HIM. THEN THE SLAUGHTER BEGAN. NO NEED TO WATCH THE SIGHTS HERE. THE CRASH OF SHOT UPON SHOT FOLLOWED AS QUICKLY AS HE COULD PUMP THE LEVER. THERE WERE TEN SHOTS IN EACH RIFLE, AND HE FIRED THEM ALL BEFORE THE HERD WAS OUT OF RANGE. THEN ONLY THE HIDEOUS YELPS OF THE MADDENED DOGS TORE THE MORNING QUIET. A dozen caribou, some dead, some kicking, some trying to crawl away, were scattered over the snow, and Reivers nodded and knew that his hold on Tilly's people was complete. The dogs were on the first caribou now, snarling, yelping, fighting, eating, for the time being as wild and savage as any of their wolf forebears. Tilly, spilled from the sledge in the first mad rush of the team, came waddling up to Reavers and bowed down before him humbly. "'Snowburner, I know you are only a man, because I alone of my people have seen you among other white men,' she said. "'Yet you are more than other men. Snowburner, I have lived among white people, and know that the talk of spirits is only for children.' BUT HOW KNEW YOU THAT THE CARIBOU WERE HERE?" THE MEAT IS THERE, SAID Reivers, POINTING AT HIS KILL. YOUR WORK IS TO TAKE CARE OF IT. THE AXE IS ON THE SLEDGE. CUT OFF AS MANY SADDLES AND HINDQUARTERS AS THE DOGS CAN DRAG BACK TO CAMP. THE REST WE WILL CASH HERE. TO YOUR WORK. DO NOT ASK QUESTIONS he reloaded and put the wounded animals out of their misery, each with a shot through the head, and sat down and watched her as she slaved at her butcher's task. Tilly had lived among white people, had been to the white man's school even, but Reivers knew he would slacken his hold on her if he demeaned himself by assisting her in her toil. When the dogs had stayed their hunger, he leaped into their midst with clubbed rifle and knocked them yelping away from their prey. When they turned and attacked him, he coolly struck and kicked, till they had enough. Then, with a driving whip, he beat them till they lay flat in the snow and whined for mercy. By the time Tilly had the sledge loaded and the rest of the kill cached under a huge heap of snow, it was noon and the dogs started back with their heavy load, open-mouthed and panting, their excitement divided between fear of the man who had mastered them and the odor of fresh blood that reeked in their avid nostrils. End of chapter 28 Recording by Roger Moline